everybody. Welcome to the Pac-Man podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint, your host. We begin with the news from the state legislature because that's where I work, as most of you know by now. And we had a bill last night in the assembly, which took about seven hours to debate, just over seven hours. And the Democratic majority decided that legalizing marijuana is the way New York State should go because it's going to be a great thing. That's what everybody's clamoring for. That's what you want, right? That's what my wife and I discussed. You know, honey, it'd be great if they would legalize marijuana. Wouldn't that be great? So I was treated to seven hours of debate, if you can call it a debate. Everybody knew the bill was going to pass even before the debate began. But the black uh, Puerto Rican caucus, the black and browns in the conference, of whom there are many in the Democratic conference, their whole pitch was, well, you know, blacks are unfairly targeted. Police arrest far more many blacks. One one of the uh, members of the Democratic caucus said anywhere from three and a half to four times uh, as many blacks are arrested as whites for possession. And, I, you know, I think those numbers are pretty accurate. I think more blacks are arrested for marijuana possession. And they think this would will right all the wrongs of the past, you know, three decades or whatever. But the whole night was this. Nobody's, nobody could concede or would agree that ma- smoking marijuana is good for you because it is considered, at the federal level anyway, it's still considered contraband. But the, the, the black and uh, Puerto Rican members, oh, this is going to be great. I commend the sponsor of this legislation, who is the, uh, the floor leader of the assembly, woman who represents Buffalo, black woman. She kept you know, singing everybody's praises, the ones who supported her, was, which was basically every member in her conference. The whole thing was just unbelievable. It's like nobody cares about legalizing marijuana. Nobody in my neck of the woods cares about that. We care about lowering our property taxes, making sure, you know, food is uh, affordable. The pocketbook issues. Nobody's nobody cares about legalizing pot. These people would make would have you believe that that's all anybody's talking about. So I was looking for some numbers to back up. I just was kind of curious to see how many Americans on a daily basis smoke marijuana. And I don't think that's trackable. I, I know millions every day light up and that's fine. That's their right to do that. It's it's their freedom. if they As long as they do it in the confines of their own home, I'm, I'm fine with it. I have a libertarian bent to me on this anyway. So I, I found a, a piece, I think it was in World Net Daily, according to a July 2019 Gallup poll, 12% of U.S. adults said they smoke marijuana. They didn't say, uh, you know, how often, but they smoke it. So that's one out of every eight adults smokes pot. And uh, that's that number is essentially unchanged from 2015. And uh, anyway, this survey, and they break it down by uh, gender and age and political ideology. Men are more likely to smoke marijuana than women, 15% to 9%. That's, again, not surprising. At 22%, any, the 18 to 29-year-olds are the most likely age group to smoke marijuana, about twice as likely as those between the ages of 30 and 64, one would hope, and seven times as likely as adults older than 65. Liberals, again, unsurprisingly, 24% are six times more likely to smoke pot than conservatives and twice as likely as moderates. Again, no big surprise, and it's not a surprise based on these numbers why the Democrats in the Assembly are pushing, and they've succeeded in getting this bill passed. It's not law yet, but the governor will no doubt sign it. And uh, they break it down by regions between 13 and 16% of adults. So geography plays a role in this as well. 13 and 16% of adults across uh, 
the East, Midwest, and West smoke marijuana, only 7% in the South. Again, unsurprisingly. What about the societal impacts of smoking marijuana? What about the, the costs? Now, this is all done for revenue. The Democrats think this is going to be a great revenue generator. Just legalize it, regulate it, you know, tax it, get the money and, and, and build some schools with it or whatever. But it's, it's not quite that simple. Nobody talks about the societal impact of pot legalization. Yes, it'll raise revenue, no doubt. But somebody mentioned, I don't know if it was one of our guys, I think, said, look, for every dollar we, we collect in revenue from pot legalization, $4 and change will go out in terms of law enforcement. You know, uh, some people will be driving around under the influence of pot. And, you know, that's not permissible. If that's the case, police officers, if somebody's driving erratically, will still have the authority to stop people. And they can be charged with driving under the influence of marijuana as they would if they were driving under the influence of, of alcohol. But the societal impacts, as as I was mentioning, I think, uh, a, c- a couple of seconds ago, it's early in the morning here as I record this, uh, you know, racinos and, and these betting parlors. Again, the state said these are going to be great revenue generators. Well, they haven't been. And, you know, legalizing betting is, I think, not necessarily a good idea for a lot of people. But, you know, I could spend a whole show on that. I don't have time to do that. So pot legalization, that's that's coming down the pike soon. There was a, a point made on um, this voter ID debate going on nationwide, and there are 36 states that require uh, an identification. If people want to vote, you, you've got to show an ID in 36 states. Well, that's going to change. Those laws could be nullified if the U.S. Senate, and I'm sure they will, passes H.R. 1, because the Democrats, the liberals, the communists, the progressives, the Marxists, whatever you want to call them, they think voter ID laws, making people prove who they are to vote, is racist. And it's uh, an attempt at suppressing the vote. And Steve Scalise, who's the House Minority Whip, he's a Republican from Louisiana, he made a good point. He said to Fox News that Democrats require, they want to require vaccine IDs so that we conduct basic daily activities. If you want to fly, if you want to enter a, a supermarket, you want to conduct daily activities. As I mentioned the other day, I, th- I think this is... This is heading down the wrong road. But anyway, if you, this undercuts their rationale for opposing voter IDs. If you need an ID to conduct, uh, to get vaccine IDs, then why not require an ID for people to vote? Makes perfect sense. Under democratic logic, you, sh- you should need an ID to enter even a grocery store. Then there should not be an objection to showing an ID if you want to legally vote. But the Democrats, they're, they're illogical. And the, the Biden administration is... Uh, Jim Jordan of Ohio said, doesn't seem to care about passports when it comes to illegal migrants crossing the border, the, the southern border, any border. They don't care about passports then. Come on in. We're, we're open for business. If they're illegal aliens, they're fine. They don't need a vaccine ID either. But you need a vaccine ID if you want to go to the grocery store, if you want to fly somewhere. Good point. Speaking of the, the voter IDs and the whole argument that it suppresses people's votes, most blacks, nearly 70% of blacks support voter ID laws. They don't view it as discriminatory suppression of their vote. And there, again, this legislation in the Senate would gut state voter ID laws. I think the states ought to just ignore the federal law if if it comes to that, and I think it will. New Rasmussen National Telephone and Online Survey finds 69% of likely black voters 
and 75% overall believe voters should be required to show photo ID, like a driver's license, before being allowed to vote. It's just common sense. Only 21% oppose it. Again, 36 states have enacted some form of voter ID law, but those laws could be nullified if the Senate approves H.R. 1, which already has passed the House on a party-line vote. Democrats are destroying the country. It's a Democratic Party and big media and big tech and big pharma, uh, maybe not big pharma, but those other ones, it's them against us, against the American people. 89% of Republicans, I don't know why it's 100%, but it's 89% of Republicans support voter ID requirements. 60% of Democrats and uh, 77% of voters not affiliated with either major party support voter ID laws. Now, here's a here's another bit of information from World Net Daily. A black congressman, Burgess Owens, and he's a conservative Republican from Utah. He said, and he grew up in the Jim Crow South, Burgess Owens. He said the notion that blacks can't get a photo ID is itself racist. You know what's racist? He said, assuming because I'm black, I just don't have the capability of getting an ID. We are, he said, capable of getting an ID. So it's this nonsense, claiming everything is discriminatory and racist. You need an ID, period. You should need an ID. All right, there's so much here. You know, another thing uh, I want to get to here before we run out of time is this whole, this whole business of enacting some form of assault weapons ban. We've been down that road, as we talked about in 94, the Democrats, Bill Clinton, they passed the assault rifle ban, really had no discernible impact on reducing crime because most shootings are not committed with assault rifles. Again, I was looking up some numbers just to get an idea of what these people are trying to do and how ridiculous it is on its face. According to the FBI, okay, not any right-wing online publication, not my opinion, but FBI numbers from 2019, the latest year for which these numbers are available. There were 364 homicides in the U.S. committed with a rifle, all kinds of rifles, 364. 600 were killed by personal weapons. In other words, fists, feet, hands, though, you know, you get the idea. And 1,476 homicides were committing were committed with cutting tools, knives, axes, machetes. But Biden, using Biden's logic, the cops are going to be coming for your your cutlery. Three times as many homicides, oh, four times as many homicides are committed with knives and blades and cutlery as are with with the rifles, with assault weapons. So what they're trying to do, they're lying to you, basically. Somebody's agenda, like everything else. Somebody wants to take away your right to own a firearm. So they're saying, well, we got we to reduce firearm deaths. We need, we need to enact some kind of gun control legislation. And I know they want it, they're, they're selling it as a way to enact common sense gun control laws. They want stricter background checks and they want to uh, ban the, uh, the sale of, uh, of large capacity magazines. It's all nonsense. They want a gun registry. They want every single American who owns any firearm to register that firearm with the federal government. Elections. I want to talk about election integrity. I should have talked about that when I was talking about the voter ID laws, but there was a good piece in WorldNet Daily, and we'll end with this. And uh, this uh, guy is a former counterintelligence officer. He's now director of investigations and research for Judicial Watch. 
He says the chaos of the last presidential election is precisely how elections are stolen. This guy, Chris Farrell, in a column for the Gatestone Institute, said the further we get from the November 2020 elections, the, or the presidential election, the more we will see documented evidence of voting irregularities, manipulations, and gamesmanship. The problems need to be addressed before November 2022. And he talked about the unresolved issues in Georgia, in Wisconsin, Maricopa County, Arizona, those three areas in particular. And, and he's right. We're talking about more than 5,000 people signed sworn affidavits. I don't know if you saw this on CBS. I didn't. 5,000 people signed sworn affidavits under penalty of perjury, declaring they witnessed election fraud and ballot manipulation in key battleground states. In some instances, state officials ordered changes to election procedures in the weeks and months leading up to the U.S. election. That's in violation of our US, the U.S. Constitution, which says only state legislatures are granted that authority. But the governors of these states, as I've talked about a, new, a number of times in these uh, states, all these states, by the way, the uh, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania for sure, and some of the others, Arizona, those legislatures are controlled by Republicans and the governors of those states, the swing, most of these swing states, the governors are Democrats. The secretaries of states in those states are Democrats and they changed the, the election laws in the weeks and months leading up to the election. Again, again, unconstitutionally changed those laws. That's what's gotta be addressed. And I, had, I wish I had more time, we're out of time. Let me tell you before we go here that if you're thinking of starting a podcast, Now's the time to do it. I mean, there's so much to talk about. Every day there are, you know, eight or 10 or 12 stories that are huge. I didn't even get to the Matt Gates story. Matt Gates, evidently, I'm um, looking at a, a piece here on, I forget where I got this, a town hall. I love Matt Gates. I mean, he is somebody who has defended Trump right from the get go. He might be looking for a new career. I guess he's thinking of, he's spreading the rumor that he's going to get his job with Newsmax and leave the, uh, the house. He is a staunch supporter of, of President Trump. There was another report. I'm getting sidetracked here. We'll get to the uh, the buzzsprout spot here in a second. But there was a report I read late last night on Yahoo that claimed that Matt Gates is under some kind of uh, suspicion of having an improper relationship with a teenage girl. But that has not, again, it's from Yahoo, so I don't believe it. So Gates, is a, he's provocative. He's a provocative figure. He's a right winger. And he's even mentioned maybe possibly running for president himself. But he represents a very politically potent district in Florida, the, the panhandle of Florida. Very important district for every presidential election. Florida is a huge state, mostly Republican, but it's you know kind of purplish here in, in, in recent years. Anyway, so Gates could be leaving. More on that on the next show. But now's the time to do a, a podcast. Maybe you've been thinking about it, just haven't really been able to get yourself to do it. Let me tell you, check out Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch a podcast. Not only that, but Buzzsprout gets your show listed in every major podcast platform. You'll get a great looking podcast website, tools to promote your episodes, and a lot more. So why not join over 100,000 podcasters already, like me, already using Buzzsprout and get your message out to the world. All you have to do is follow the link in the show notes and get started today. Plus, if you sign up for a paid plan, they will give you, Buzzsprout, a $20 Amazon gift card. Just follow the link in the show notes so that Buzzsprout knows that I, the Pac-Man, sent you Buzzsprout, the easiest way to launch a podcast. And speaking of podcasts, we have 
a slew of great podcasts on our website, the BMG network.com just check it out you can uh, you can listen to this program and we've done maybe three dozen shows the ken and mike show they've done a number of fine shows they did one last night uh, a live facebook show ken and mike ken burns has his own show mike hansen has his own show called mike'd up and uh, Kristen coons with a fine program called set apart so all those shows and a number of great columns available to you as well go to the bmgnetwork.com thanks for listening i'm ted flint the patriotic american citizen and if the lord wills it we will talk to you real soon the pac-man podcast was produced and edited in the bmg studio music by kevin mcleod for more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune into the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint. <laughs>